Oh shit, football started already. He's Eric, I'm Warren. Let's start the show. Hello, blog fans. Ineligible receiver, offense number 64. By rule, that penalty is disregarded. This is Eligible Receivers, the Pac-12 football podcast, where Eric and I, what, pick every game against the spread, keep track of how we're doing on our picks over the course of the season, and along the way, you know, kind of preview and review every game that has happened and will happen. All right, that is serviceable. So, there was a game last week, uh, which i got to say really snuck up on me. Well, we, Arizona. we didn't do a podcast last week. It's week zero. We've never really bought into it, and, you know, we forgot about it, so it just didn't <laughs> Yeah. I was shocked, but I'll tell you what, I watched, uh, not this game so much cause I like switched my cable package. So I was like having to follow, uh, Arizona at Hawaii on like a game yeah. tracker, you know, but I, I watched the shit out of that. Uh, Miami I was watching Florida it. Game. I was, I was made the rare foray on the Twitter <laughs> to discuss my disdain with Miami's tackling. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's like the. You know, I, I fuck around with all this uh, political stuff, which has just made my Twitter feed absolutely unreadable, and I don't even like it. But what it's truly for is to critique the performance of the football teams, yeah, well, you I mean, know, and their, and I mean, their coaches. Uh, here's, a, here's what I believe in football, right? I Miami hired Manny Diaz in the offseason, right, to be their coach. And they have had an offseason that's very similar to a Pac-12 school that we'll discuss in terms of their marketing has been very good. Um, there's a lot of hype around the U and the return to the glory days and all of that. And I watched that touchdown that the Florida uh, Tony guy had. And as far as I'm concerned in college football, you can tell whether or not a coach is going to be elite or not pretty quick. And they couldn't tackle Miami couldn't tackle these guys. They had a bunch of dumb penalties and, you know, they couldn't get plays called in time. And to me, it's like, I, you know, you, you can't you can't say for sure that that things aren't, you know, aren't what they what you would hope if you're a Miami fan. But that would be pretty disheartening to me. It ended up being a good game. But like, you know, there's a lot of things that Manny Diaz can't control with Miami, like the talent that, the, you know, that Rick left behind and, you know, the, the schedule and things like that. But what he can control is like, can we call the plays on time, you know, and like not false start. Things like that. And that yeah, that's 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 interesting because like I would be uh you know, still be willing to give a guy a break and be like, Well, it's the first game and it was a top ten team and we played them uh close, really, you know, like we were on the road, freshman quarterback was a one score game. But you're right, at the same time, Florida was tripping all over their own dicks and that game yeah, was there well, to be won. And so Florida just won the to thing. Lose and, and all Miami had to do yeah. was just call plays and win, you know, and they couldn't do it. Um, it, you know, and, and the other thing that I, that I sort of have marveled at is the, the hype train, right. And Miami, I think benefited from that, you know, the, the whole like Manny Diaz returns home and all this other stuff. Like lest we forget that before Manny Diaz became the coach of Miami, he had just accepted the head coaching position at Temple. Like, so the market had spoken as far as Manny Diaz goes, like Temple thought they could get him and offered him a job and he himself reviewed that you know his options for employment uh you know remain where he was as a coordinator uh hold out for a better job at a you know a p5 school maybe or accept the head coaching job at temple he took the temple job 
Um, so, like, right before Miami hired him away from Temple, that was that was the market for Manny Diaz was, you know, head football coach at Temple. And so this the, again, the hype thing to me is is so bizarre because it's like I would actually be a little worried <laughs> about that. But you know, what do I know? Yeah, and you contrast that with somebody like Jimmy Lake, who at this point I think is uh, just going to take over for Nick Saban when yeah, that comes yeah, up. Yeah, it's like he's just waiting for Belichick <laughs> to retire. Yeah, exactly. All right, dude, I'm fired up. Yeah, That's well, awesome. that was the game that we didn't. Uh, I mean, so, that we did watch. The game we didn't watch. Uh, Hawaii continued the what can only be described as uh, the Pac-12's nightmare in non-conference, where they lose all the time. I think it was like I saw a, a tweet that said it was the fifth loss in a row the Pac-12 has suffered to the Mountain West which is really bad <laughs> like that's a that's that number is getting unmanageable if you're in the Pac-12 yeah that is outrageous so, uh, oh, I, no. I, I, as long as we're speaking on coaches like Kevin Sumlin I think from the very beginning had almost no shot at succeeding in Arizona and and yeah. I just you don't see it you don't see coaches come from a huge awesome marquee program where they had reasonable success but couldn't quite turn the corner because that was always the knock on him right he just couldn't quite yeah over get over the hump with that a&m and then and then take you know like a a significantly lesser power five job and and expect his heart to be in it and expect him you know i mean like he he got there the first day and like looked around and there's no way in hell he wasn't like oh man this this, this isn't what as it good was. yeah like you know and, and so for me that's just it's just playing out the string on his on his you know college coaching days basically he's going to make another 20 million bucks you know for the four seasons that'll be there or maybe it's less but 15 20 million bucks he'll he'll pad his retirement account nicely um and then he's going to go you know either go to the nfl as a as a special assistant or coordinator or something or he'll 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 dick around in the college game as a you know broadcaster or whatever but I don't think Arizona really has any hope under someone. I mean, he does have Khalil Tate, by the way, still, and couldn't beat Hawaii with Khalil Tate. So there's some. Yeah, and uh, having not watched the game, uh, how was Khalil? He's Tate? good, dude. He's friggin' like they scored 38 points. Um, you know. Yeah, and he was running. Yeah, it that's like. enough to beat a team like Hawaii, particularly when you're bringing back. Uh, eight starters on on defense, but uh, Marcel Yates, the D coordinator there, couldn't quite couldn't quite get them couldn't get get them together. And, and Hawaii pulled their starting quarterback because he threw too many picks and still scored forty five points somehow. Like Hawaii finished the game with a backup quarterback. Yeah, well, I mean, if you go in before the game and you say Arizona is going to create six turnovers, yeah. you'd say they're going to win, gonna win and win comfortably. They were favored by eleven, so. Pretty horrific start to the conference, non-conference play for the Pac-12, but you know, par for the course. So, it's... yeah, it's for whatever reason, dog shit yeah. conference. I mean, at least like once you get away from the top, I mean, and it's like this in plenty of conferences, but also it's not. You know what I mean? Like the Mississippi State's taking care of business in this game. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. but Arizona, on the other hand, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I think points well taken regarding someone. So naturally, uh, uh, yourself, myself, and the dirty worm all had Arizona uh, laying eleven and lost. So we're zero one before the podcast yeah, has even started. That's all right. It just gives us more time to bounce back. We got some good games this week to pick. I'm excited. There's some like 
just a couple of like kind of kind of cool like under the radar style games that I'm excited for. So let's let's get these picks going. All right, let's start it off on Thursday, the 29th. Uh, UCLA, for some reason, they're traveling to Cincinnati. A move that a move that Oregon State made a few years back, and I questioned at the time why. UCLA has done the same thing. Even more of a why for me. I thought UCLA is kind of a big deal. They're not. Yeah. And they're not favored so. in this game. Cincinnati's favored by two and a half, which I guess means on a neutral field, the experts would say that UCLA is a slight favorite, but um, I, I don't know, man. I mean, you got Chip Kelly in that allure. I mean, is there still any, like, is there still any, any glitter to that name? I, I mean, I guess you would say after his first year that they did look good towards the end of the year last year or better. But, you know, University of Washington yeah. had a really hard time with him at the end of the year. They finished the year on a high. He just had an absolute debacle of a recruiting year, though. Um, but, I, I mean, I guess I'm going to take UCLA for, you know, I, I know that Cincinnati's got the fickle, you know, the Ohio State guy, and they've got as a head coach, and they've got some promise this year and are actually supposed to be pretty good. Um, it's probably a dumb pick to take UCLA, to be honest with you, but whatever. I'm all about dumb picks. Yeah, what what this kind of makes me think of is uh, Mike Leach when he started with the Cougs, and they were just terrible his first year because he was just going to run what he was going to run. Uh, and you know, the, the, eventually the personnel will catch up with the scheme. And if you're a UCLA fan, you hope that that's the case with, uh, Chip Kelly that, you know, that like, he just needs to get in there, get the system implemented and it'll at least, you know, hopefully somewhat approximate what he had going at Oregon. So, uh, I'll, I'll take Cincinnati here, uh, just to, uh, be different uh but yeah i mean i, I you know who who knows with these early season we, games, we are very fat, quickly approaching the point where if you take a pac-12 team on the road against any semblance of like i know since he's not you know your constant power five school kind of thing but um if you take a pac-12 school against even a school like cincinnati when it's this pac-12 on the road like that's dumb <laughs> like but that's all right yeah yeah, I hear that. All right. Uh, so uh, then we have uh, also on Thursday, Thursday night, Kent State travels to Arizona State, where ASU are twenty-five point favorites in this game. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna make my pick based on solely this. Uh, what was Kent State's record last year? Uh, and if it was above five hundred, I'm gonna take those twenty-five points. <laughs> I know that Arizona State is starting a true freshman quarterback as well. Yeah. Well, Kent State won two games last yeah. year. They beat Howard. And they beat Bowling Green. I was going to take Kent State, but now I'm going to go to ASU. It's a big spread. You have 25-point cover, but ASU's got a pretty killing uh, killer running back scenario. I believe Eno Benjamin still toasts the rock for them, so that's he's good. I remember watching him run the ball quite a bit last year in Husky Stadium. <clears throat> Yeah, so they're losing. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, this is. I mean, we can just say like, like, let's have some penance here for uh, the, uh, you know, the the Herm doubting that started off last season, and then it quickly, you know, he was like, well, wait a second, maybe this guy's fine, you know? Yeah, he seems like he's fine. He seems like they, I mean, he's recruiting about like you would expect Arizona State to recruit, and he's they were like pretty well coached last year as a team. Like you can't really can't really quibble with with Herm's first year. 
Yeah, I agree with that. All right, I will uh, take the Sun Devils. Oof, man, that's a lot. All right, and then how about a, how about a spicier game? UCLA Cincinnati is actually going to be close. I feel like, but uh, another game that at least on papers, not really. I guess. I mean, for rivalry's sake, Utah is traveling to BYU. These teams the hate holy. each other. Uh, yeah, a little holy war. Let's get some rivalry action. Yeah, it's this, been, is, this is this is big time. It's been too long. The Utes, uh, who are uh, in some quarters a dark horse pick to make the college football playoff this year and prohibitive favorites in the Pac-12 South, are playing a BYU team that was uh, maybe uh, bad okay. last year. I think they were seven and six. And, I think they went. I think they went barely went bowling. Yeah, so I, I mean, not great. You know what I mean? It's like they're the it's, and we talked about it because they come up on the Pac-12 schedule uh, fairly frequently. BYU, how they used to be uh, famously the team of quarterbacks from like Jim McMahon and Ty Detmer and you know whoever else, yeah. and then all of us, yeah, Steve Young, Max Hall was like pretty decent for them. Uh, and then they just became, a t- and then they like try, are trying to be like a triple yeah, option they just, like, team now. Decided one day they didn't want to have good quarterbacks anymore. Yeah, well, it seems like you know you got a brand, you might as well just stick with that. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know. I mean, Utah only a touchdown in this game seems. Lo- I mean, if if Utah is supposedly a team that's going to challenge for a Pac-12 championship, then this present day BYU team ought to be a rollover for them rivalry game or no. So I'll take the Utes there and feel best about that among my first. I feel good about taking Utah as well. Another, another team that really won the off season, Utah. I mean, they were good last year. The, you know, Washington had a, a a hard time with them, but did beat them in their own stadium um, and then beat them in the conference championship game. And I think we all, well, not all of us, but you and I in particular we're educated enough on Washington football to know that that last year's Washington team wasn't great. Uh, it had great yeah. some great players, and there were times when it looked pretty good, but it wasn't it wasn't a, a, even a reasonable approximation of that 2016 team that Washington had that did go to the playoff. Um, and so, I, I I think that people are picking Utah to go to the playoff based on the strength of their D line, and that they think that they're going to have like a QB running back combination. Uh, you know, the next time Whittingham has like a functional offense will be the first time he has a functional offense in the Pac-12 at least. Um, I, I mean, I, I definitely pick him to beat BYU, but it just surprises me that there are people saying like bullish on them for the playoff. That seems they. I mean, Utah has to come to Husky Stadium this year. That's tough. Um, I mean, I don't yeah. know. I, I, maybe they're just because the South of the conference is so weak that they'll be able to get through it unscathed, but it just seems like a lot to ask of a team that has yet to beat UW since they've joined the, the Pac-12, just some time ago now. Yeah, yeah. it's been a minute. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. Yeah, and and you're, you're, you're exactly right. Yeah, but I don't know why they can't get an offense together out there. Uh, so, yeah, but still, Utes, Utes over uh, yeah. BYU. Uh, moving to Friday, then, uh, we have a Rocky Mountain, Rocky Mountain Showdown. Uh, first week game every year, Colorado State and Colorado on neutral Sport Authority Field in Denver, Colorado. The your Buffaloes, who I believe are aren't they breaking yeah. in a new coach? They for are some breaking reason? in a new coach. It's a it's a the end of the McIntyre era, which I know you were very fond of. But um... yeah, I mean, well, what do you want the guy to do? You know, like he won the South not too long ago. Well, that would have been yeah. sixteen, and then you know graduated everybody. I mean, you figure I don't know who do you think you are to my mind. 
But anyway, Colorado are 13 and a half point favorites in this game. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Give me Colorado on the basis of the fact that I also don't know anything about Colorado State. And I always feel like uh, uh, I, I believe the coach's first first head coaching game, I'm going to assume the team gets up for it. I, I mean, like, what's his name's back? Like, Montez is back again somehow. I mean, that guy's been around yeah. for a while, and he's been. So mm-hmm. that, that bodes well, I think. Um, and, and that's, I mean, I got nothing else to, to base this on, so that's it. <laughs> Is uh is Lavisca yes, still he is there? Also there? If I had to complain about McIntyre last year, I I I was ambivalent about the firing. I, I could see the, the case for it, and I could also see the case against it. I I guess on balance, I would have said he probably deserved another year. Uh, but I did watch the first couple of games that they played, and was like, they're gonna get that guy killed. Like they have to have something else on offense other than give it to LaVisca Chenault every play because everybody knows that he's coming and like the guy just can't sustain that level of contact every game. And he, and sure enough, he, I mean, he got injured, you know, got dinged up towards the end of the year. So, Well, let me tell you who they brought in here. Uh, and I don't know anything about his pedigree, but I'm going to say from the same hometown with the same last name, it must be a younger brother, Vontae Chenault. <laughs> At wide receiver, I, there's yeah. I hope I hope they're not related, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if one Chenault is good, then two must only be yeah. better. Yeah, you know? for sure. If, if for nothing else, the team, right. the defense could get confused and put the wrong guy on the wrong Chenault. You know. Yeah, I mean, healthy Lavisca Chenault was like arguably the best. Oh, player he was the total cheat basketball. code. But I also think they just. I mean, when he's he's got you know 16 receptions a game or whatever, and and they're running him in short yard short yard situation he's the running back and all of a sudden it's just like and he's doing the wildcat it's like yeah i get it i get what you're trying to, to do here but he, he doesn't train with the running backs and isn't built like a running back you can't you can't actually get him hit that much you know all right so we're both on the buffs for that one uh also on friday night oklahoma state uh travels to oregon state oklahoma state's breaking in a new freshman quarterback Oregon State, uh, year two, I believe this is, of Jonathan Smith. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, they're not predicted to do much. I think they have like a, like a you know, over-under win total bet of two and a half. This is, so, this is like the backwater bowl, right? I mean, how did these two teams hook up? Yeah, I mean, I kind of like. It's kind of a I, fun game. I, like, I kind of want to go to this game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is not a bad game. This is like two pro. I mean, Oklahoma State. I mean, to be fair to them, they've been, you know, a consistent, you know, kind of seven to ten win team for about as long as long as Bundy's been there. They've yeah. punched way above their weight. Because um, they got that. What? Who's that guy? T Boone Pickens. T Boone. That's right. Yeah, the the oil money. So still, well, last I checked, I should say, I don't want to speak too quickly. Last I checked, still alive, and his name's and on the stadium. Big into, Not to, too bad. To like uh, wind power as well. Now I think he's like one of the few. I I've st- I would accept if that was wrong, and I'd be corrected. But I think he's like one of the few oil oil men in the world who also buys into alternative forms of energy. Yeah. Well, I think yeah, yeah. I know. I know he would like ran ads at some point over the last five years, which is about. T about his plan, yeah. you know, it was called like T Boone's Pickens plan, you know, it was like, you know, I mean, you could maybe cynically look at this and say like, well, you know, somebody appears to have cashed out and is ready to forego the industry 
But also, you know, Everybody I mean, doesn't he's right. Yet, so good for him. At least <laughs> yeah. a small step. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. I mean, and really, that you know, what a what a, a tough situation to make them into a consistently year over year competitive team in the shadow of Oklahoma in the same state, and you know, and occasionally they jump up and get them, uh, and they play super fun football there, you know. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, like you figure because they have such an entrenched system that they're going to be able to come up with the points on this one. I'm such a sucker for the Beavs, but I, I think I'll take Oklahoma State, even though they're laying 14 on the yeah, road. I'm here. with Oak State, too. Like, I, I think you're right. Gundy's, Gundy's system. And I, and I think they're kind of sneaky this year, like, supposed to be pretty good. Yeah. All right, moving on to the Saturday games. First real college football Saturday of the year. Let's start with Northwestern at Stanford. Stanford in at 25 in the polls. Six-point favorites at home against Northwestern. Uh, Costello's back at quarterback. Uh, I forget who their running back is. I know it's not Bryce Love anymore. He has graduated. Um, but I don't know. I mean, they you know they have the line. They're at home. And Costello's like I, serviceable. He's he's actually I'd say like trending to good. You know. Like. Yeah. Oh, I think so too. Especially compared to uh, it's a, kind of an indictment of David Shaw that. It took so many games for them to land on him uh, when he's, to, to my obviously layperson's eyes, clearly the best of the quarterbacks that they've had there since uh, that Hogan yeah. guy left. I'm, I'm going to yeah. take Stanford in this game. I know that Northwestern's, um, I mean, what little I know about them is that they've got a, somewhat of a quarterback controversy with a, a former five-star guy battling it out with a less heralded, less heralded uh, recruit, which – which, you know, seems seems very familiar in these parts. But uh, that that in and of itself to me is, you know, is a reason enough to take pause on Northwestern on the road at Stanford for their first game. So give me that Cardinal. Yep, I hear you. I agree with that. All right. Uh, so next up we got UC Davis against California. I'm not seeing a line on this one, uh, at least on ESPN, due to, I guess, the FCS, uh, you know, playoff Cal. matchup here. Um yeah, Cal, easy, free Cal. We'll take that. Uh, Cal, uh, you know, just like Washington, Cal and Washington uh, are playing next week yeah. for some reason. You know, so like, and this is like a Cal team that jumped up and got Washington last year in the game where Jake Browning was benched and Jake Hayner's, uh basically his, his brief Husky career uh, took place in that game through a pick six in a game we lost by less than a score. Yep. That was a boom. <laughs> yep. So. That was a damn shame. Yeah. I mean, tough circumstance because it was on the road and Cal is a good defense, but also like, yeah. you know, I don't know. I wasn't like one of these people who's like, but let's just like, I wish the best for Jay Kaner, but like I was watching the game on Saturday, the Miami Florida one. And they were like, they, the, on the ticker 50 times during the game was Jake, Jacob Hayner. They were saying on the ticker leaving Washington after, you know, Jacob Eason was named yeah, well, the starter. And I'm like, and I'm thinking to myself, is yeah, this and news? Actually was, I took issue with that because it said transferred after losing starting role to Jacob Eason. And I'm like, he actually never had it. Like, check. He wasn't the starter <laughs> yeah. for any football game in his Husky career. So, I, you know, I don't have any ill will towards the kid, but I'm with you. I'm like, I, I don't understand why this is a controversy. 
Yeah, man, I hope I hope he goes somewhere and plays, but it's like I don't I don't think it's going to be a situation where like all these teams that are like one quarterback away, you know, that like Utah's beating down the door saying we got to have yeah, Jay Kane. Exactly. You know, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, Cal on that one. Uh let's do New Mexico State at Washington State. Monstrous line in this game. 31 and a half points for the Cougs at home against a team they should beat. And if you follow your Cougar football, and I know you do, and I do as well. These uh, early season games where they're supposed to win, not only do they not cover, sometimes they just lose a goddamn game. <laughs> yeah. So you're telling me where I'm supposed to give 31 and a half points to this? You know, I know New Mexico State sucks, but I'm just, I'm going to take the Aggies on this. Yeah, one. and here's the thing with with WSU is they've got Max Borgie now. Like I think kind of coming in as you know one of the better running backs in the conference, really. And and I, yeah. I know Mike Leach is a is a stubborn dude and, and a stubborn fellow, but he's also starting a fifth year redshirt senior at quarterback that beat out, you know, a, a, another guy who transferred in, um, Gage yeah. Gabrud yeah. from Eastern. And so you know that to me tells tells me that he wasn't overly impressed with Gage Gabrud. Um, if you've got a fifth year senior, you know, redshirt senior, play, and I know he's a JUCO guy too, so he's not he didn't he hasn't been on Pullman I think for five years, but. Um, that's still, I I would imagine Leach is going to ease him in now that he, particularly now that he's got Borgie, which you know he had James Williams last year. To be honest, he's actually had some decent running backs, but he for the reason he struggles yeah. to acknowledge them. Um, but yeah. Borgie, I, I think may be too good to ignore. Um, and and so I'm I'm with you. Like the Aggies should probably cover this, um, but I don't know, man. It's Mike Leach. It, and and I and I want to be clear. I got Washington State winning this game comfortably, but it's just that is a ton of points. You know what I mean? And also, I want to say, as longtime listeners of the podcast will know, Washington State is still my favorite team to watch play college football because they're fun games. There's a bunch of stupid decisions and the balls in the air the whole time, and uh, and I don't care what happens, you know. So I can just enjoy the thing. So like, uh, you know, don't mistake my. Uh, pessimism that they'd cover this monster spread to be anything, any kind of dislike of the Cougs. I quite enjoy them, if I must be honest. But yeah, I don't know. To me, it's I'm just too hot. Change my mind. I love it. <laughs> they're going to throw it. They're going to throw it sixty times because that's all. That's all it does. I, I think they're going to win like yeah. forty-five to you know ten or something. No, yeah, no. but like with lines this big, like sometimes in you know certainly in college football, so it's an accidental touchdown will yeah. happen, you know. And then all of a sudden we're looking at we got to get forty points, yeah. you know. Well, I mean to cover I'm this, really we got to get, get that. Yeah, oh. but right now I love it. <laughs> yeah, I like it too. I suppose. Um, Red alert! Let's Red see. alert! Wrong team favored. Fresno and <laughs> USC. Yeah, I I got I must agree with coaching you. Coaching mismatch and a half here. Uh, Who's the coach of Fresno? Tedford. Tedford. Oh yeah, fuck. Clay Helton fucking sucks dead. Tedford went like, eleven games last year, ten games for Fresno. They were they were legit last year. I'm, yeah, and it's not like and it's been sh- with Pat Hill. You know, it's been shown you can do it to some degree at Fresno. The USC State. is a is an absolute like tire fire on their offensive line. You know, they, they've got JT Daniels, who seems like a perfectly good quarterback, but not you know, in any way, shape, or form a program changer, particularly not behind that offensive line. USC is favored by 13 and a half points. Like, I, I don't understand that at all. 
Yeah, I don't get it myself. I'm gonna. Uh, yeah, and uh, we'll be back from the UW game. By that point, I'll be excited I, to I uh, watch bet Fresno one. State to win this game outright if we were in Vegas this week. Like, I, I mean, I, you know, and we of course could be wrong, but I mean, there Lynn Swan's about to get fired down there. There, nobody understands how Clay Helton kept his job. Their recruiting right now is a complete mess. Yeah, imagine not being able to recruit at USC. And then like, not being fired because yeah. of it. I mean, like, I boggles Must my be mind, nice. but all right, sure. USC minus 13 and a half. I'll take Fresno, please. I'll take Fresno also. I like I watch USC's going to come and yeah, curb stomp them. And, and we'll, but, yeah, but, <laughs> all right. Uh, then game of the week. Yeah. National game of the week, uh, Oregon and Auburn on a neutral field. Your 11th ranked Ducks are... Three and a half point dogs to your 16th ranked Auburn Tigers, Oregon. Also getting like some kind of, you know, fringe, uh, you know, playoff buzz, uh, preseason pick of the media to win the Pac-12 um, or win the Pac-12 North, at least. I think Utah might have been the pick to win the conference just because they have an easier road. But yeah, I don't I mean, I don't know. Uh, to, to, I mean, good game because Auburn is, can be so up and down. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just still, I still remain unsold on the Air Bear that he's like, you know, the prohibitive number one overall pick uh, as a quarterback. I don't think the guy completes enough passes. Yeah, it's, it's, they would tell you it's because his receivers dropped those passes, but he really, really focused on who was that that Carrington guy last year, who's gone. Uh, Mitchell. One guy, right? He focused on at. I think Mitchell. it was Donovan yeah, yeah, Mitchell, yeah, that's as right. I recall. And then they've got a couple guys hurt. A couple of their receivers are hurt right now. Um, I, I, I believe the Penn State transfer is healthy again. He was dinged up for a little bit, um, but I think he's back. And one of their receivers uh, is out for six weeks or so. Uh, but, I, yeah, I don't know. Auburn's starting a true freshman quarterback, which, you know, I, that to me is a big red flag for Auburn because, I mean, we watched UW-Auburn last year. And UW played scared in that game and still should have won it um, and didn't. But I, I'm with you. I don't, I don't buy Air Bear, but I think that I'm going to take the offensive line, you know, the team with the better offensive line in this game, and that's Oregon. Yeah. So, I don't know. For me, I'm like, uh, regarding Oregon, uh, I think Cristobal is an A1 top-of-the-line recruiter. Uh, I, I certainly give him that. Uh, at the same time, I'm not, I've been thinking about him. I'd like, as I kind of think he, you know, until he shows otherwise to me, he's just like a super Sark, right? Uh, because his head coaching record at this point is 36 and 52. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't recall, recall watching an Oregon game last year where I was like, oh, they, he's what a, a similar, scheme, he's a similar know? case to Manny Diaz as far as I'm concerned, right? I mean, he was, he was the coach at FIU. I, I get there was some tough circumstances there in terms of facilities, which made it harder to recruit, but you're still in Florida. That, that helps. Um, and, you know, he, he did okay at that program, but not great. Got fired ultimately from there. He didn't leave on his own, you know, accord. He got fired. And, I mean, he benefited from being Saban's guy for a year or two at Alabama. I don't remember how long he was there exactly, but, uh, you know, and then, yeah. and then he's in the right place at the right time. When Oregon's doing a, you know, doing a head coaching search that they never thought they were going to have to be doing. Yeah, the, or when Oregon's in a full because blown Taggart panic. bails on them, and they're, and, you know, and so they they did what you could argue was a smart thing, which is they kept the guy 
you know, it was it was going to be either him or Levitt, right? Was the, the two main primary candidates, the, the yeah. offensive guy and the defensive coordinator. Who everybody looked at, you know, Cristobal and said that dude's the recruiter, and Levitt. They look at him and said that dude's the coach. You know, he can coach him up. Yep. And they took the recruiter to save the recruiting class, which he did, and which he subsequently backed up with a with a good class this past year. But uh, X's and O's wise, eh, I don't know. Like it hasn't seemed like it's that great. So, yeah, that I mean, I think he's similarly situated to Justin Herbert, where it's just that like people kind of uh, extrapolate and project all this uh, success based on kind of the positive things that have happened to this point. And to me, on both of them, I'm kind of like, well, I mean. Uh, certainly, it's a possibility, but I suppose I'll just believe it when I see it. Yeah, I agree with that. Who you, who you got in this game? You gonna take take them to beat Auburn? Uh, I'll take Auburn. Just because, and it, here's why: is that I think Oregon should win this game. Uh, but uh, one, I don't think Cristobal is the world's greatest coach. Two, uh, 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 if you look at the the what I always care about is like. There's no way in the world these Auburn players think they're fucking losing to some shit house Pac-12 outfit, yeah. you know. And the the crowd in this thing is going to be, it's going to be effectively an Auburn home game. You know what I mean? Like Oregon's going to travel, but it's going to be a pro Auburn crowd. Like these SEC teams just don't respect the Pac-12, and unfortunately, to me, that's worth like yeah. ten points. Yeah, that's probably right. Yeah. So, but I mean that, and that I, Oregon could absolutely win them because Auburn is like you never know what Auburn you're going to get year to year. So, like they're certainly capable of losing this game. But they have some interesting history programs, right? You got the Dyer roll over the top touchdown in the national championship game. That I re- I remember that you and I recorded a podcast that night, the great podcast of relief, <laughs> when Oregon barely lost the national championship. God, that yeah. was a close yeah. one. Sure. <laughs> Uh yeah, uh but yeah I don't know I mean yeah so like I said I mean Oregon's certainly capable of winning this game and maybe they should win the game but I've again I'll believe it when I see it out of those guys. Uh then finally uh Washington is hosting Eastern Washington uh where the uh you know recently most accomplished program in the state of Washington will travel to Seattle. Yeah, I don't know I mean you could say I still kind of say that because they won the title and they're constantly up there. I think they might have gone to the title game last year, actually, Eastern. In uh, I think FCS. they got bounced though. They got rolled pretty hard. Yeah, but you know they, you know they're second place and so bad. Yeah, you know. I, I mean they're they're certainly not a slouch of a FCS school for sure. It's not a it's not a UC Davis style game. That, you know, it's it's definitely they're a a competent outfit. But I don't know at, at UW at this point with Peterson, you know, fully into his into his you know, tenure, I don't know that I would pick this game to be very close. Yeah. I mean, what I'm kind of thinking about is, uh, well, one, I know from what I, I watch Eastern cause I went to uh, graduate school over in Spokane and kind of kept track of them over there. And then when they're on, I'll, I'll watch it. Uh, so they lost Gage Gabrud, right. Who transferred to WSU. Uh, I feel like not a small factor in that was that Gabrud was injured last year and his backup, Let's say I think it's Barrier or something like that. I just want to, yep, yeah, Eric Barrier, uh, dual threat quarterback was they they didn't miss a beat when he came into the game. This they have a good quarterback again. They always do. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> you know, 
from Vernon Adams. Uh, before that, uh, God, I forget the guy's name, but it was like Joe Don something or other. Uh, the what the year they won back in like ten or twelve or something like that. But yeah, they always have a quarterback down there, and the, and this is no exception. This guy's going to be problems. They're going to be scoring points. What you could say if you're as a positive that Cooper Cup, thank God, is gone. So that you know, subtract two hundred yards receiving and four touchdowns from whatever. Well, and you'd up get. starting per usual five NFL players in the backfield. Like every yeah. one of those dudes is going to get drafted again. I, mean, I guess maybe Miles Bryant isn't like a guarantee because he's too small. But other than that, like pretty much everybody in the backfield that or in the secondary that UW is going to play again is projected to be an NFL pick at some point in their career. Crazy. Let, let's let's talk about the names in this quarterback room for Eastern Washington. Now that I'm looking at their roster, you got Eric Berrier, the starter, uh, accomplished player. Simon Burkett, okay, that's pretty good. He's a pretty good name. How about these? How about these for backup names? Kellen Crank, yes. Gunner yes. Talkington, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, last but not least, Trey Turner. Talkington. God damn, this is a I group love, of names. I love Talkington a lot. I feel, I feel great about any one of these yeah, guys. Put any, here. they're interchangeable, really. <laughs> But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, so, so we're – I mean, I think you could probably find a line on this game if you wanted one, but uh, ESPN's not showing one, and that's what we use. So we just get to pick Washington. I mean, t- to me, what Washington needs to do is just uh, shove it up their ass and let the size yeah, do Washington's it. Yeah, you know? about and, 30 pounds a person heavier across their offensive line than Iwu is on the defensive line. And it's a good – it's not It's not a, like just a fat offensive line. It's like a good offensive line. So, you know, there's, there's every reason to believe that they should be able to create some forward momentum on, in the run game, and I would like to see them do that. Yeah, I agree with that. But, yeah, so, I mean, uh, then we'll see, you know, what they let Jacob Eason do, uh, uh, and hopefully he's not asked to do too much. And, and uh, you know, fr- different than the last time we played Eastern, which I think was towards – I think those Cooper Cup years, I forget. Uh, well, let's just say Washington wasn't as established in the secondary, even though they had great players. They hadn't quite come together to the level they have over the last, like, four years or so. Uh, so I think, you know, better equipped to uh, handle a kind of, like, all-over-the-place passing attack. Well, and they do that with they do that every year with the, the Cougs, and I've got a pretty good system in place for that. So I imagine. Yeah. So yeah, give me, give me, the and we'll see we'll see what what's going on with Eason. I I'm I'm legitimately bewildered as to what to expect from this guy. You know, I I'm oh like, for sure. You, yeah, you told yeah, yeah. me nope, the red flags were all the smoke that you needed. You know, to to see the problems coming. He's you know Georgia wasn't sad to see him go. You know, even though he won the job as a true freshman, he had Nick Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle behind him. So what do you expect? Like, of course they're going to be awesome. And he didn't show up at UW and try very hard, and he won it by default based on his physical stature, but it's not a great quarterback. If that ended up being the narrative, I'd be like, all right, that's fair. If you told me, hey, look, this guy's a total gamer, right? Like he's a five-star recruit at Lake Stevens. He went to Georgia. He started as a true freshman. That's not screwing around in the SEC. Of course he didn't take being on the practice squad super seriously at UW, but as soon as you strap him on under the lights, he's going to be six foot six, you know, five-star dude again. And, and he's going to tear it up because he's got a cannon for an arm. I'd be like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Like, you know, I can see that happening too. 
I mean, the truth is probably it'll be somewhere in the middle, but um, I'm just completely flummoxed by it. Yeah, well, so I'm not the the thing that I'm going in is is I'm not expecting shit. You know what I mean? I'm not expecting this guy to come in here and rip it up because we have a quarterback that has like a live arm now for the first time I, in I, I would, a long yeah, time. But would you, you be know? surprised if he tore it up? No, like, I wouldn't be thing, right? Like I, I would, I would tend to agree yeah. with you. Like, yeah, I'm not expecting anything, but that would then suggest that if he came in and like was this awesome five star, you know, looking recruit uh, quarterback, that I'd be like, wow, I didn't see that coming. I think if he did that, I'd be like, well, yeah, you know, like the, the signs were there that he had this capability. Um, I'm just like, I yeah. just don't even know. What, I'm like, I'm just excited to watch him play. You know, I've heard his damn name bandied about for quite a while. I'm, I'm ready to watch the guy under center. Well, I would expect that we're keeping plenty close to the vest with Cal coming the next week. Uh, for me, a good game for Jacob Eason is that, he completes 65% or more of his passes, takes care of the football, and we win by, you know, 17 points. And I'm, if we win like 34-17, I'm, yeah. I'm thrilled. Yeah. You know what 21 I mean? for or, 262 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah, or even two to, even 28-14, I'm not particularly upset, you know, as long as, like, we're comfortably taking care of business. Like, I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't need us to go out there and – uh, blow the doors off Eastern Washington. It's not going to change how I feel about this team. I kind of want them to, but I, I, either way, it's fine. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd yeah. certainly prefer it. But, I mean, I just don't think that, you know, especially I, I think that we are looking at that we're going to see, uh, you know, kind of standard early season Chris Peterson, which is like as we're going to do as much as we need to do to win, and we'll be holding things back. Time will tell. Yep. All righty. Uh, that is it for this week's episode of Eligible Receivers. For Eric, I'm Warren. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next week.